He won Journalist of the Year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. You like me right now. You like me. He's Jim Garrity. How do you like me now? She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat, and she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Run for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. How do you like me now? This is the Jim and Mickey Show. Welcome to the Jim and Mickey Show. <clears throat> Brought to you by Summer Colds. Just when you thought you could really enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, summer colds will arrive to ensure you're feeling miserable during one of the best days of the year. We're picking up where spring pollen allergies left off and proud that we can compete with the worst of the winter colds. Summer colds. Don't look for us. We'll find you. I am the sick Jim Garrity, joined by the uh, robustly healthy Mickey White and Big Dave uh, behind the board, and we are beginning the Memorial Day edition of the Jim and Mickey Show. I could be very happy, Mickey, except for the damn summer cold. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be mute myself for the remainder of the program. Good night, everybody. Nice, very nice, and uh, welcome everyone. And uh, thanks for coming back and joining us this week. It is the big Memorial Day weekend, which in my mind is still like the start of summer. I don't care that people say it's like 21 days until summer. To me, Memorial Day is the signal. Like I don't know if that's because that's what started. You know, when I was in like elementary school, um, but now kids go to school till the middle of June, so I don't know. <laughs> we can blame the the snow days. Uh, obviously, as we know, the the sight of a single snowflake requires the closing of all schools north of the uh, uh, Mason Dixon line, and thus we have to flee and and you know uh, have kids going to school for that. Well, um, I, I'm a huge <coughs> fan of summer, so I am not going to complain. I'm super excited that it's coming. That we finally, I mean, it stopped raining here this week and that was the first time i realized that the sun would might actually come out again yeah um was i think you know like maybe a day ago because it's been monsoon season here if you live at the mid-atlantic states the sun was an entirely theoretical uh concept uh, <laughs> exactly uh, I, you know, I, I, I want to get jump to actually the, the two big developments uh, in, in our uh, circles in the last week or so, Mickey. Uh, one, you have a lot to look forward to this summer because you have the new edition. It's now finalized. And I understand your new edition even has a name now. Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Bias and I finally agreed on a name. It's not Adolf. For- Tell me it's not Adolf. No, it's not Adolf. As I said, I won't be yelling that across any dog parks. Uh, no, but we, do, you know, I, as as our listeners and my readers know, we, you know, I've been taking this very seriously, the whole dog hunt, along with the finding of the dog, and of course, you knew I was going to take the naming seriously. And um, I have, Mister Bias and I have come to a agreement. Our beautiful shepherd husky mix puppy will be named, or is named, uh, we've actually already named him with the breeder, is named Shiloh Carnegie. Shiloh, when I was young, it's an old Neil Diamond song. It, apparently, like, everybody has a different connection to Shiloh. <laughs> I have, I've, I've told, like, you know, family members and whatever, and just like I'm announcing a baby, by the way, like, I'm out of control. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and. It's interesting to me because everyone seems to have a different remembrance of Shiloh. And meanwhile, I'm like, well, I found it in a book because um, it, you know, I was looking at baby names and things like that and just trying to think of something unusual. And the name jumped out at me. And then I looked up the meaning and it was gift from God. 
and considering like all the kismet steps that it took for me to end up with this particular dog, it felt like it fit. So I throw the name Shiloh at Mr. Bias. Well, he being the history buff immediately is like, you mean the Civil War battle? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's what you're saying. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, and, well, and, that, that, and that was the thing is I was like, uh, sure. I, okay. I'm like, I don't care what it means to you. Does that make you like it more? You know, because that's what I needed to find out. I had to find out if like it, if it, the Civil War battle made him like it more or less. <laughs> and so like, so that was his first reaction to Shiloh. And he was really pushing for Carnegie. Um, because of Andrew Carnegie, for those of you, I can't even imagine that you don't know, of course. We're big Pittsburgh people. He's from Pittsburgh originally. He feels like Andrew Carnegie built Pittsburgh. And, of course, ultimately, Carnegie Steel. And so, in reference, we in, in deference, I guess you would call it, um, we have actually given Carnegie the middle name. Yeah, That's a really good idea, Mickey, because there's really not much in this country named after Carnegie. <laughs> you could have named him Shiloh Carnegie Robert C. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't federally funded. So, That's uh, right. That been. Yes. The, the other thing is, so does Mr. Bias knows by naming your dog Carnegie, he doesn't get any share of the family fortune, right? Yeah, like we understands that completely. But when we we discuss this name and um, Mr. Bias, obviously from Pittsburgh, he said, you know. We, we looked at Steeler names, things like that, but he felt like when he thought of Pittsburgh, he thought of Andrew Carnegie or Carnegie, depending on who you talk to. Huh? Um, but yeah, so, so anyway, Shiloh Carnegie is the name and the puppy will be coming home in just a couple weeks and I cannot wait because I'm apparently nesting. Um, I didn't know you could nest for a dog. Like... I, I assume this is because the waiting period and whatever. I knew that women nested when they were pregnant. Um, but I realized that I had created a honeydew list that was basically going to keep Mr. Bias very, very busy. <laughs> you should over emphasize. The and you for the next clarify. few weeks, yeah. Mickey, you should clarify that a honeydew list has nothing to do with fruit. <laughs> no, it does not. Also, My here's a cool list. thing to put on your list. You, you build a doghouse for a dog, right? Well, this one's Carnegie, so build him a hall. <laughs> uh, and then you, get, you ask for directions, and people will say, Practice. 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 Very nice, guys. So, yes, yeah, so for our listeners, um, you're the first to find out officially the name. And, of course, you know, if you follow me on any of the social media accounts, let's just say I like to take pictures of him already. <laughs> so assume that you're going to see a lot of Shiloh Carnegie um, on my feeds and all around the Internet soon. You know, can we retroactively say we held a listener contest and that Shiloh was the winner? <laughs> You can, if you'd like, but that's not what happened. It was, it was happened. a hidden episode of, of the Jim and Mickey show that people didn't get to listen to. That that's when we announced it, and just lo and behold. Yes, and lo uh, and behold, that was it. But no, if, you know, our, I will tell you this, that our listeners have been nothing but helpful, and, um, and my readers as well, but really, in reaching out and suggesting names up until this point. So even though we didn't officially make it a contest, they took it upon themselves to be so helpful. Um, some of them came up with great names. Uh, one of them that actually just came up with it recently, and I had already named him, but I, I don't know that I would have used this, but I thought it was a great name, was Sable. 
Um, but there were some really great names and then there were some really like weird names. Like I'm not someone who is going to call my dog Fido or Rover or Rufus or anything like that. Snoopy. Yeah, that's not happening. So, you know, it's very important that he also have names that fit in with all of my other pets as well. And Shiloh will work just fine for that. So thanks to everybody for caring and keeping up with me. And um, if you're following me on social media, I have used a couple times the hashtag BGPuppyTales. And um, so that you could find it easily. Now, Jim, you had quite the weekend. I understand, first of all, that you were involved in a Cinderella tournament of ping pong of epic proportions at the NRA event this weekend. So last weekend, uh, starting Thursday, was the National Rifle Association's annual meeting in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, My conclusion after a couple of days there is that the only way Louisville could have more bourbon and whiskey in it is if they were flooded. Um, I I think, and by the way, this this also makes it even more odd for me to have a summer cold because I spent several days in an entirely liquid medium uh, of of disinfecting alcohol, basically. Um, But yeah, so we got to uh, head out through Bullitt County to, uh, which is obviously where Bullitt Bourbon comes from, um, to the house of uh, uh, a friend of the NRA and and various other conservative bloggers and our listener, Trent, who has been mentioned in our Trivial Tuesday and other... uh, contests and interacting with him on Twitter. So uh, our hosts are phenomenal ping pong players. Um, I believe the Chinese surrendered uh, back in the 70s during the peak of ping pong excitement to these folks. Um, I myself was not planning on uh, uh, participating, but apparently this was one of those gatherings where you kind of have to, and so, all right, fine, I will, I will join. It was Trent and myself, and Trent, let me tell you, um, uh, John McEnroe would lose to this guy. Yeah, basically, Trent did a phenomenal job, and we beat my friend Cam Edwards and the uh, uh, Washington Free Beacon, Stephen Gutowski. Um, Trent did a phenomenal job, and I mostly stayed out of his way. Um, and that was, you know, we, there, there was no doubt who the weak link on this was. But and he obviously point. was playing hurt, so like, yeah, that's no, no, even more he, impressive. Well, we didn't realize at the time until about midway through the game. Um, we're doing okay. It's relatively close. And then, and then Cam and Stephen go on a tear, and they jump to the lead. And it's about to go over when uh, Trent's appendix burst out of his chest like that scene from Aliens. It just jumps out, <laughs> runs across the floor, grabs a paddle, leaps up to the table, and knocks it back across. And obviously, big question amongst the scoring table, does this count? You know, Can you substitute? Uh, does, does the appendix count as a third player, or was he substituting in for me? Uh, they ruled that it was acceptable. Uh, Trent, I, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating, but apparently Trent had some very serious uh, appendix issues. He seems to be on the mend, judging from his Twitter feed and his photos yes, and stuff. He, so. he is on his way home. We'll be home when this releases, and good to hear it. Is Trent, uh, Trent, uh, uh, is Trent a southern man by any chance? Uh, he's, uh, he's Midwestern. Okay, because yeah. if he was southern, I would think his appendix exploded upon hearing Jim pronounce the name of the city that the NRA was in this year. Louisville. As we no, no, so stop, 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 stop. I don't think we can do our listeners this injustice any farther. It's Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You begin with the Lou. And then you just end with the vol, and your voice just goes down an octave in between, is what you're That's saying. That's right. Pretty it's much, a, yeah, Louisville. It's a, it's a three-vowel word with only one actual vowel. The others are just <laughs> default. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, and I do want to give a shout out to Trent um, as he is healing. And yeah, he 
Uh, as soon as he got home from the NRA event, our NRA event, he was rushed to the hospital and got there before his appendix burst, but um, still had to have surgery. And uh, so shout out to him. Our prayers and thoughts are with him. Hope he is feeling better. And, you know, Jim, like I said, he obviously was playing hurt. So that's even more impressive. <laughs> I, I just I, I haven't seen anything quite like it until, since uh, Lawrence Taylor landed on, on Joe Theismann's leg. Yeah. Uh, it really was. <laughs> and you look at great sports careers that could be cut back by or cut short by, by sudden injuries. Hopefully, uh, Trent will make the full recovery from the appendix. I understand the ACL is OK, but, uh, you know, a long road of recovery. But someday the ping pong championship in the Olympics, we will see Trent taking home gold for America. So Trent, stay strong out there, buddy. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I look forward to that as well, because then we can look forward to the movie that they'll make about it, that they can then remake it about it. Balls of time. Fury. Two. Because once again, once again, I find myself asking, what the hell is Hollywood doing out there? <laughs> we'll be right back. Any place, any time is a good time for Coke. Lawrence Taylor denies any involvement in this. Charmin bathroom tissue from Procter and Gamble. Take it home and squeeze it. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White, along with my co-host Jim Garrity, and uh, you guys know we love movies, and we love making fun of movies, and we hate reboots, and we love making fun of reboots. And right now, we seem to be struggling because there are several really questionable movies that are going to be released in the near future, and uh, some are actually already being released. And, uh, Jim, does it get worse than this? I I was going to say, we can set this up as a contest amongst three recent decisions by Hollywood and let you and our listeners decide which one is the worst. Now, uh, right before we began taping, you you objected to this one, and I say this, this might be the least harmful, although it could be my optimism since I'm probably going to have to take two boys to go see it. You were you were concerned about the existence of the Angry Birds cartoon uh, <laughs> cartoon movie, Mickey. <laughs> why why does Angry Birds turn you into an angry not bird? Not well. Truth of the matter is, I didn't. I only played the game like a handful of times, but I got why people liked it. It was one of the early games, etc. I'm sure you know it'll be funny and whatever. But this, I'm not a fan of the concept of taking a video game, and making it into a movie. Now, what they're saying about this is that it's the, quote, Lego movie of this year to try to get us past the fact that it's a video game movie. 
Um, but the Lego movie was really well done. So, yeah. you know, that's a big, like, you have a lot to live up to if you're calling yourself the Lego movie of this year. That, that is a really good way of putting it, Mickey. Let me just observe. Look, when you have two boys at school age, you end up seeing a lot of animated movies. Um, I don't know about you, Angry Birds creators, but I kind of have this feeling I've seen the story of the plucky underdog who's an outsider and who nobody understands, but he learns to believe in himself and he gathers a ragtag team of oddballs and together in a time of crisis of their whole society, he just happens to have the exact right solution and he triumphs <laughs> at the end and he learned. Yeah. You know what? I've seen that movie a bazillion times, right? Yes. This is just fresh- new characters. Lots, apparently a lot of voice actors that we have not heard before. Um, just saw I've, that Blake Shelton is going to be one of the voices. I mean, you can get the cast list out there, but a lot of very unique voices being involved. But unfortunately for you, Jim, most likely it will be exactly as you just described it, a plucky character, an underdog even. Someone who no one really ever cared about until they found out they had his one special gift. Yeah. I know Uh, you're talking about. Rudolph never got that kind of treatment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're talking about Hitman Agent 47, aren't you? I, I pick it up from all the sympathy. <laughs> if, you, if you merged them, it might be a more interesting story. Um, but I'm going to observe. Like, my suspe- it's, okay, I so, just, so we've got Angry Birds. Yeah. And then we've also got Ghostbusters. Now, we've talked about this one on the air a little bit before, just that it was coming out. We saw the trailer. It was confusing. Um, it's, it, it was, it, they, they've recut this trailer three times. The movie is still not rated. That tells me one thing and one thing only. It's horrible. <laughs> and already Sony is putting out press releases, kind of like teasers, if you will, and trial balloons suggesting like, if you don't love the new Ghostbusters, it's because you're sexist. Yeah. And I'm like, um, no, I'm a chick. I can't be sexist. I am instead horrified at the thought of a really bad movie. What is it with the holding uh, off on the rating? Are they trying to decide whether or not they need to put boobs in it to get an audience? No, it's because of Deadpool. See, now keep oh, in mind oh, that okay. up until this time, everybody went PG-13 because they could get away with saying the F-bomb one time mm-hmm. for a PG-13 movie. Um, but because Deadpool was so successful with an R rating, I think that they are considering the possibility. And I also think in this particular case, because they have to decide if it's PG, PG 13 or G, because it is theoretically, I don't know if it's a kid's movie. I don't, I don't know who this movie is made for. Again, the mere fact that it exists is an irritant to me. (laughs) That's all I can tell you. To give you a sense of how Sony is handling this quote, They are trying to define the experience, says Sony's domestic marketing chief, uh, as vocal, quote, and sexist foes of the female reboot face off against Summer's tentpoles trailers. But here's the other thing. The second trailer was not put on YouTube. And the reason is, if you put it on YouTube, it's very easy to embed the video on your site. So if you have a blog or something, you could say, hey, doesn't this look terrible? You put it right there, and people will respond. And this is how the first trailer turned out to be the most disliked trailer ever. Um... (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I, I just would like the, the people who are creating it, like, yeah, you know, is it sexism? I, I suppose there are some folks out there who just hate the idea of an all-female Ghostbusters team. But, Mickey, how many times have we seen in a comedy the person's on stage with a crowd being like, I'm going to crowd surf, 
and they jump, and no one catches them. <laughs> a zillion times. I mean, yo, yo, yo. my six-year-old has seen it like nine times. Great, exactly. I mean, this is like one of the great comedy cliche. As soon as the crowd surfing became a thing, mm-hmm. the guy who wants to be carried by the crowd and isn't is, you know, uh, is next. <laughs> and, and one of the best drops like that that I've ever seen was actually in Mean Girls when they were doing the trust exercise. Yeah. And they just let her hit the ground. <laughs> I mean, that was back when, when uh, Lindsay Lohan was sober. I mean, just for oh, yeah. how old Absolutely. that, you know. Yes. Um, so, again, like the idea that like, they're, they're preemptively attacking the critics is a sign. Uh, and, again, just crazy idea. That's always a really good sign, by the way, that the movie's fantastic. <laughs> your, your wacky comedy has turned into this, you know, social justice warrior uh, touchstone. It's probably I think a part sign. of the problem is the fact that, like, and, and, and you know what? You know how much I hate feminists. So I'll just get this right out. My issue is, like, why was it necessary to have a female Ghostbusters if all it was going to be was a weird knockoff of the male Ghostbusters? I can't help but yeah. think there's some strategy in this, you guys, that they put the feminist uh, chit in their pocket because they thought, if I have to pull this out, at least I've got it. And then they went for mainstream comic remake. But the the fact that the feminist chit is is in their pocket, burning a hole in their pocket, is obvious to everybody who even gets a glimpse of any photographic oh. material for this thing. And so the, they go at it with, a, with their defenses up, with their shields up. They seem very confused by this because apparently this is, you know, not a, it's not a sequel. It is not Ghostbusters three. It is not you know, and that's part t- of the problem too. By the way, yeah, it's super confusing. Yeah, well, then the first trailer says thirty years ago they saved the world. Well, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? Then the next thing is that you have the exact same ghosts, the exact same style of equipment, um, the persona. When you have of- the star of the movie, Melissa McCarthy. Sending out information like that confused the hell out of me. Yeah, that's that's kind that's of really, not you know, a good trailer. Okay, so I mean, speaking of um, remakes that are really close to the original, uh, Mickey, tell me what is the single most viewed YouTube uh, uh, movie trailer in twenty within a twenty four hour period? Am I supposed to yeah, guess, at guess this? Star Wars. Good guess, but not true. Oh, Avengers. Another good guess, but not true. Fifty Shades of Grey? No, another good, good guess. Dave, I salute you. And Dave, way to be on top of that. Set very recently, it is the Beauty and the Beast live action remake. What? Starring Emma Watson as Beauty. <sighs> and it looks like it basically it's it's all everything we saw in the Disney animated hit, but with real actors. Makes me CGI. feel a little bit better about the Jungle Book live action movie. At least it's got bad company. <laughs> okay, is this based on the Disney film or is this based on like a Broadway show? Uh, my understanding is that it is based as in almost literally a shot for shot remake, same song, same dialogue, everything, but just with people instead of Disney animation. Oh my. Now, um, all right, that's going to be really complicated. So, like, are, like, is the, is, is the, person like going to be a crab uh, or, good question or uh, is think the of the crab just going to be like a live crab that talks yeah i uh, am I much more interested disney if you're listening and it's okay. already done but i'm going to be much more interested in this movie if the live crab talks yeah, than talk, candlestick talking and, yeah yeah if that has happened much cooler if it ends uh, up being like 
hi, you know, we're the twins and we work here. And they're the, quote, candlesticks. Yes. Boo. Yeah. boo, 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 boo. Uh, Ewan McGregor, one of the voices. Um, look, it's like everyone involved we, we've liked in previous movies. Um, obviously, this is a beloved animated movie for folks who uh, – uh, you for a lot of folks. I, I just don't quite see the point of remaking something so literally true to the original. Well, I um, guess the idea was maybe, again, just rebirthing the story. Disney has the rights. Maybe she wanted to. Um, you know, there's a bazillion reasons that movies get made and we obviously are not behind the green lighting of any of them or things would be a lot different around here. Obviously. Yeah, I guess the other thing, I'm just kind of left and this is my, my, my nagging, I'd argue this is the least, uh, okay, maybe Ghostbusters was worse, but I'm looking at this as like, how would you like to be somebody who's a film director, who's a creative person and they're going to say, my vision will be literally exactly what you saw before, except not animated. It would have to be someone who loved the original movie. If, if you're making it so similar to the first one, look, you're you only complaining because you're going to end up having to watch it like a zillion times. Yeah, I don't know if the boys will be that into it. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Emma Watson dancing around in a gold ball gown and, you know, uh, talking candlesticks and whatnot. I can see where the boys might like it. Uh, you know, actually, you know what? I should point out that you know, if the, if the weather's bad enough, we may end up going to see it anyway. So, huh. um, <clears throat> but you know, thankfully, at least for now, it's a nice time of year. Um, but if it does rain, you know, there's always something you can do during these uh, you know early summer weeks. Enjoy round eighty four of the NBA and NHL playoffs because they go on forever. We'll be discussing <laughs> that right after this. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Introducing our new grilled chicken. Hungry for more? No matter how far you've gone, there's only one place that's still got all the best. Oh, how mama. You had your first taste of gusto right here. Schlitz brewed it to be the best then, and they still do. Life's too short to settle for less. Go for the gusto, but don't go at all. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And Mickey, nothing gets the blood pumping like the sheer unbelievable excitement of the first round of the NBA playoffs, which I believe started uh, six, seven weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago. Anyway, and I think they're they're down to only 16 teams now, uh, and I believe by late August, the season will have been completed for the <laughs> NBA, uh, and then, of course, the following week, preseason practices begin. The playoffs uh, so. are longer than the season for that bunch. Yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, I, I, you know, I feel much about, the, you know, I talk about the college season being March Madness. I, I can't even wrap my mind around the NBA season because it feels like the playoffs have been going on for like a year and a half. Yeah. Okay, let me, uh, let me, let me kind of organize this. Um, it is a best-of-seven elimination tournament. So theoretically, you know, each one, of, each one of these series can go eight games. They begin with 16 teams. That's a lot. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just so much. And like I said, it's on all the time. And then, of course, not only do we have the NBA finals going on right now, mm-hmm. we also have the hockey finals, the NHL finals going on right now. 
which my pens are still in it, you know, and of course by my pens, I mean, you know, I live vicariously through others who watch them because if I watch them directly, they lose. <laughs> um, and, and they're still in it, but I'm not even sure how many more rounds there are. Because it just seems like they win, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, going on to the next level. Okay, yes, but now you have to win seven more games. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. This never ends. You like, can't it's watch them ending. directly well, because well, they, literally- lose, they lose when you watch them play? Is That that reminds me that of that old Rutger Hauer movie where his girlfriend is the hawk in the daytime and he's the wolf at night and they never actually get to see each other. <laughs> you remember <laughs> yes, that one? I, I, Lady Hawk, I, I think that was I look directly called. at the screen. <laughs> It's not. Close your eyes, Marion. Don't yeah, look directly at the I, I can. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just not good luck for the pens if I do, so I don't. And we like at this point in the season, we are following them because obviously, you know, they're in the uh, the playoffs and obviously trying to get to the Stanley Cup. But again, as I said, I can't actually watch it directly. There are also we've got constant baseball games on, and I could care less because I can't watch baseball on TV. And they play a thousand million games. And then we, you know, it, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, this month you would think would be like all this great sports. And we've had, I guess, fantastic basketball games and what people consider good hockey games, I guess. But I'm like, all it does is make me miss football. Yeah, I mean, perspective, um, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs this year began on April 13th. They will end no later than June 15th. Um, but that's they're looking at you know, a, a two-month stretch there. Uh, I was trying to think about this. The, the football playoffs, you got the wild card the first week, divisional the next week, championship the next week, a two-week break, and then uh, the Super Bowl, five weeks. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, the NBA and the, uh, and the uh, NHL are looking at probably eight weeks under you know, if they have a lot of seven-game things. And I guess the other thing is that with each with seven-game series, the, the you know the more you, you're diluting the, the the intensity, you're diluting the well, excitement. You know the, well, the stakes yes. of each game. And not only that, if we talk about the football playoffs, they play the team once mm-hmm. to move on. Yeah. Whereas because of you know the seven playoff game, I mean, honest to God, it's just too much. Like I I, I don't I I don't understand why the NHL hasn't made some changes. And I say this because. When we're in this level of the playoffs and they're still not running it on broadcast television, it's being run on cable, you've got a viewership problem. Let me play devil's advocate here, Mickey. And I, I say this, you know, listeners can tell, uh, not a diehard NBA or NHL fan, but I will, particularly you know, the NBA, I will watch the, um, uh, the finals when it's on. Um, I, you know, the, the excitement over... LeBron and uh, Stephon Curry this year. There, there's, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, there, there's you know, like really good championship basketball is a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Regular season basketball feels an awful lot like preseason basketball. Right? Yeah. Half speed, quasi attempt. Half the teams are just trying to lose badly enough so they can get the best pick in the draft. Um, the, like most of the NBA season feels like the last week of the NFL season uh, for perspective on, on mm-hmm. the intensity of the teams. Um, but the argument there would be that, you know, how many times in, you know, the Music City Miracle in, in the NFL playoffs, Mickey, between uh, uh, Buffalo and Tennessee, mm-hmm. you won't see a team win a, div- win a series on a fluke, on a wacky, unpredictable, how could that possibly happen type play. No. Whereas in football, one, one and you're done. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, 
obviously there's something to be said for the single elimination tournament that football provides because obviously there's a great deal of excitement. Everything comes down to that one game. Even in, and again, here's look at me playing devil's advocate, but even in a seven-game series, if it comes down to one game, that's the game that decides it. So I think they could go with less, like three games maybe. Give them credit. In the first four rounds of NBA playoffs, the series are only five games long. I mean, they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they're certain, yeah, well, I mean, it, just, it, it blows my – I mean, because, yes, there's been some exciting games, but – you're seeing the same teams play each other night after night. And that's the other thing. With football, it's on Sunday or Saturday or whatever. With this stuff, it's every night. People haven't been sleeping for weeks because we've um, had, you know, overtime hockey and overtime basketball and baseball games that go late. And so I don't think anyone in America has actually slept well since March. Think of the damage <laughs> to the gross national product, people. You know, as you're having that conversation, Mickey. Somewhere, Roger Goodell is listening to this podcast because he does. Of course. He's saying, what if we moved the NFL playoffs to series of games? (laughs) How can I ruin it more? Now in the wild card, you play three games in a week span. (laughs) And the first one to win two games ends up uh, moving advancing. Uh, What if instead of having one Super Bowl game, we had seven Super Bowl (laughs) games? They'll be playing rosters that don't have any ACL tendons left in their knees. And props to our listeners (laughs) who are fans and loyal to these games and these particular sports because they require a great deal more commitment than, quite frankly, I'm able to give. Um, But, you know, their fans are exceptionally loyal and God love them. They watch it like every single night Um, and, you know, throughout the season. To me, it seems like hockey season is all the time. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a year-round sport. Um, But the the other thing that, you know, is is kind of a, I guess, a real draw that's in the news this week is the WWE is making some changes. They are, for the first time, going to have a live Monday Night Raw and not pre-recorded, and that's a big deal for them, obviously. Um, but they are another group of fans who have an exceptionally loyal following and will stay with them. It, it amazes me, actually, the grown-ass adults I know, personally, that still watch wrestling and oh. love it. So I can now kind of discuss this because the, the transition is uh, more or less complete. It ended up with a uh, uh, leaking when a uh, WWE wrestler wished him farewell. Uh, my brother Paul has been working for WWE for the last couple of years doing social media with them. Um, and when you have a brother who is uh, it plugged into the WWE world, you find out who the professional wrestler fan is in every single organization. And you can find <coughs> stockbrokers on Wall Street – uh, you know, guys who, uh, of uh, you know, uh, every walk of life, every part of the country, mm-hmm. um, you know, across every kind of demographic, there are wrestling fans out there, and it's kind of fascinating Absolutely. to see this. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and apparently, I was you just uh, sent me messages this morning. Like, so the, the apparently some wrestler said, you know, uh, thanks for you know working with us. It's been great. Hope our paths cross again. And because he had sent that out, he directed it to Paul, but people thought the wrestler was leaving. And uh, so apparently that's not and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, so my brother's now creating headlines. His career moves cause uh, giant sh- in the wrestling press. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So both of the Garrity boys can grab headlines, apparently. Well, you know, 
Um, so I, it, it's been fascinating to watch because he's a uh, uh, particularly darn good at it. Uh, he's going to work for a uh, a more corporate client. He can kind of advance and get to work in a uh, another world that'll probably be a li- little bit of an easier schedule because people don't realize. But you watch professional wrestling on. I guess it's you know one night on on USA and another night on TNT. One you know one of the other you know it's on like various three networks. nights a week. Yeah, but they do Spike. show. They're doing wrestling performances five nights a week. Yes, there are live shows at five. You know, seven. Basically, they're doing things seven days a week. Yeah. And, and in some cities, somewhere, some wrestlers are wrestling right now. Probably. Um, yeah. It's a huge and you know, it's strange to me because. I don't, I don't get it, but <laughs> I, I just don't. Like I, I, even when I was younger, I didn't get it then. I don't get it now. Um, I, the only wrestler, you know, I, I have so little memory of, you know, the the wrestling of the eighties, like the early nineties, I guess. And I remember Cindy Lauper getting involved at one point. Yeah, I mean, today Hulk Hogan is best known as the owner of Gawker. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it's all very you know. But again, I just never got it. But I always kind of saw it as it's almost like you know, it's not reality TV. It's more, it's more of a soap opera. Mm. <coughs> it's like, hyper reality TV. Well, because <laughs> you know they reality. have you know they have the wrestling thing that goes on, but that's only part of it. Because the other part of it is, you know, all the smack talk and the storylines and who's with who and. Whatever, whatever, and just it, it fascinates me, you know, how this draws people in, but you're absolutely right. Across every demographic, you will find a hardcore wrestling fan. I used to be one years ago. Wahoo McDaniel, do you remember that name from wrestling back in the 70s? He went to high school uh, with my no. dad. <laughs> Wahoo McDaniel welding outside uh, Midland, Texas on the Andrews Highway. I remember when he came home from being an athlete, he had to make a living like everyone else. And so that's what he ended up doing, running a welding shop. He played for the Washington Redskins. He was a linebacker. He was a big, tough guy, an Indian guy. So he called himself Wahoo and made a fortune in the wrestling business. And the Von Erichs, you remember them from Houston? Fritz Von Erich and the boys? You guys don't know wrestling at all. Von got out of uh, got out of Austria. Uh, <laughs> right? I was like, the um, hills are alive. I immediately went there because I was like, I have no idea what Dave's talking about right now. And... And then I immediately went to the scene and the sound of music where they're all just lining up <laughs> and singing. Um, it was, you know, again, it, it's great. And congratulations to Paul um, for moving on. And, uh, and I, I do look forward to hearing back from our, our listeners about the, you know, the commitment that it takes to be a, a baseball fan, a hockey fan, um, a basketball fan. Or a wrestling fan, for that matter, because I assume wrestling fans, you know, get some pushback a little bit on occasion, and maybe unfairly so. Um, But we're going to talk about some others who get some pushback on occasion. Uh, We're going to talk about some millennials and, and the housing market. I'll be right back. The NHL playoffs continue tonight on the Logo Channel. <laughs> He's a demolition demon in a beat up Chevrolet. It ain't worth a dollar, so he wrecks it every day. I'm June Lockhart, and I've served a lot of fried chicken to my family. But fried chicken can be a little greasy. That's why I'm so happy with shake and bake. You shake and bake. 
no frying. So your chicken comes out crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Mmm, you can really taste the difference. Crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Shake and bake. It's better than frying. Everyone asks, Corinthian leather. Of course, why not the best? We get jack wagon! Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White, along with my co-host, Jim Garrity. And I have come across something that, you know, maybe they're related, Jim. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if these are even related stories, but I will tell you that they both fascinate me and irritate me. Okay. All right. The first thing is there was a study done earlier this year, um, and it came out this week that 30% roughly of – actually, it's like 33%, but a third of millennials live at home with their parents. The majority of these are not living at home because of not you know, having a job, but by choice. It's a decision to live at home. Because there's no reason to leave the nest. They're not getting married. They're not, you know, if they have kids, they apparently just move them right in with their parents. I'm like, and meanwhile, in my head, I am someone who loves houses. I love houses so much that I am on Zillow all the time. I'll tell you about that in a second. Okay. Um, but, you know, I loved one of the first, I purchased my first house at 25, I think. Because that was something like, to me, like I couldn't wait to have my own space. I mean, I had my, I, I had my own apartment since I'd been like seventeen. <laughs> so the idea of living with my parents at like let's say twenty six, okay, and then obviously this is you know imaginary world, but I'm a twenty six year old chick living at home, and the guy's like, "Do you want to go back to your place or my place?" And you're like thinking, "Oh, we should probably go to his place because I live with my mom and dad." And then they go to his place, and he lives with his mom and dad. I have a feeling this may contribute to a decline in population. <laughs> You're going to have a tougher time uh, actually starting the relationship and copulating and stuff. <clears throat> you know, yeah, uh, Mickey, I'm thinking. I, think, I can think of at least one-third of millennials who could use a copy of Heavy Lifting, Grow Up, Get a Job, Raise a Family, and Other Manly Advice, published by Regnery. Uh, now available on Amazon, and now just for the very reasonable price of a twelve twenty as of this uh, recording. Um, so if you, if if every you know if, if one th- if every millennial living at home uh, bought this book, um, Mickey, I think I'd be able to retire. So that would uh, be fan- yeah, yeah, would- absolutely. And more importantly, you know, it's, it, it Father's Day is coming up. Perfect Father's Day gift in this case. For those of you who don't know, the book itself is basically a how to grow up guide. Yeah. And it's very helpful, and it's and you know using personal experience for this, and um, so that, that that to me, like I said, I my initial first thought, of course, because I have a dirty mind, was <laughs> if you're living at home, like your game can't exist, right? Like, yeah. hey, yeah, mom, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, she's a screamer. Yeah. Sorry, she was a screamer, mom. It's only oh, fair, God. mom. I walked in on you and dad when I was six. It's only fair. Right. Oh. I, get, you know, I don't Oh, God. Like, yeah. See, and it's just horrible sounding. Like, all of it sounds so bad to me. And, um, and, and again, like I said, I'm not even sure these two are related, but for some reason they came to me together. And that was the fact that because I am on Zillow all the time, looking at houses and things like this, I, I pay attention. You know, I watch HGTV way too much, as everyone who knows me knows. And a commercial came on recently, and it's a man talking about after having lost, you know, the, his wife, and 
he just had him and the four girls, and he just wanted something to be theirs, their home. And it was an ad for Zillow. <laughs> and that was like one check, like check mark. I'm really irritated with you, Zillow. I felt like we were being sucked into like, I don't know, a life insurance commercial. <laughs> and no, they were trying to sell me a house. It left you. It left you yearning for the good old days of the happy talking intestines on the Super Bowl ad. For, right, and I'm like, oh my god! And then it's an entire campaign. Is basically what I find out because there are multiple ads where it's a voiceover of someone telling some very sappy, very sad, very targeted story, and it's like, and that's where we found our home, Zillow, and I'm like. Oh my God, none of this is true, and I hate all of you. Because it's, I talk about, like, you know what America needs, Jim, right now? What? Drummed up fake depressing stuff. <laughs> America needs more at the of, end that. Of, the, of the ad, you know, Zillow for when you lose that loved one. <laughs> Just kidding, they're all It's emotional terrorism. Because I'm watching it thinking it's going to be like an ad for like Cancer Centers of America or something. The way that the tone and the sound and the music and and again even the stories themselves are told, and Nothing then you find out you no, they're just better. trying to sell you a house. Nothing makes you feel better after insert terrible tragedy here than changing your environment completely. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing also I'm going to observe maybe this gets people to use Zillow. But let's face it. Homes are not exactly impulse buys. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it, you have and, several hundred thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket for a down payment? Why, check on to Zillow and see what's available, you know. I, I um, would suspect this has much more to do with making Zillow the website profitable mm. um, versus because they're more of a, you know, they're not actual realtors. They hook you up with realtors. Yeah. So yeah. their job is just to push you to the site. But I will tell you, even though you know it won't stop me from going there because that's my house porn, um, and also you know I me constantly looking at places by the coast because I can't stop myself. I still will go there. However, I will hate myself for doing it. Okay. Uh, no offense, Mickey, but you should hate yourself. Um, this actually is a a short chapter or segment of a chapter in heavy lifting. <clears throat> Do you know they call it Zillow because you can see not just the value of how or the the offering price for for houses that are on the market, but you can see the estimated value, the Zillow estimated value for every house on the market, including your own. Now. I have a theory. It's all done by a very complicated uh, algorithm and formula based on home sales in your area and their estimate of the uh, location and square footage. But I, I think in most cases it overestimates the value by roughly a zillion, uh, which is why they call it Zillow. Uh, that basically you have your home and you always thought you're, you're paying a mortgage of, say, $400,000. But according to Zillow, it's worth $2.5 million. Right. So of course we should be selling. You know, I want to put it on the market for that. And having dealt with some of the sellers – who have these ludicrously overinflated uh, expectations of what they're going to get for their dump. Uh, <laughs> I blame Zillow for making uh, real estate much more complicated by creating people this, oh my God, I'm going to be able to retire to Aruba once I sell my house uh, uh, expectations. Because no, it's actually a wacky algorithm designed to make you feel really good about your house when it's not actually. Right, when it's not actually. You know what your house is worth? You what, know what somebody's willing to buy to it for. for. That's how that's much it's worth. anything is worth. Um, one of the things that will reset your thinking on that is watching any of the um, 
house hunters or more importantly now like beachfront bargain hunt or Caribbean life or island life because my new rule is whatever the list price is, take off 20% minimum and start there. John owns a pet shop, and he's looking for something in the 3 to $4 million range. <laughs> yeah, how the hell does that happen, by the way? It just makes me wonder, like, is John's last name Rockefeller? John's also laundering money for the Zeta cartel on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and that isn't his wife. <laughs> <laughs> we could do much better commercials. I'm just. <laughs> but if you watch those shows, they will tell you that basically any house on the market right now, um, you can offer about 20% less, especially if it's going to be a second home, and go for it. So if you didn't learn anything else today, listeners, you learned that. And coming up in the next segment, oh my God, we are at the end again. I hate when this happens. We're coming up to the last segment. We're going to go over some of our Trivial Tuesday um, answers and uh, some other upcoming news and information on the Jim and Mickey show. We'll be right back. You make me want to be a better man. Hey, it's a great place to visit if you must do some driving. Your independent Texaco retailer. Ask how he can help you get better mileage with quality Texaco products and by practicing good maintenance. He also has fine Texaco gasolines, including lead-free Texaco, all with protective and detergent additives. So let your independent Texaco retailer help you get the most out of every gallon of gasoline you use. At Texaco, we're working to keep your trust. I regret to announce a Philco sale. Everyone knows in a sale you sell your slow movers. But some genius put our best sellers on sale. This big screen color console, automatic fine tuning, high bright color tube, Philco reliability. You pay a lot, right? <laughs> well, save your money. It's now on sale for under... $480? I think I'm going to be sick. Yes, I used to use Arawax. If they've added plastic or something that gives a better shine, I'll use it again. A shine that lasts is all I want. Plastic? Sounds good. Well, I've got a light-colored floor, and the brand I use now makes it yellow. So if the Arawax people add more plastic and it won't yellow, great. I like the idea of plastic. Introducing new Arawax with 50% more plastic. Ladies, we heard you. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And now we turn our attention to Trivial Tuesday, a lovely little portion, kind of an extension of the show, running Tuesday nights on Twitter. Mickey, what was the Trivial Tuesday topic or question of the week? I would like to also let you know that we've expanded the game to Facebook as well, um, so that those that you know are much more comfortable on Facebook, you can play there too. Uh, you can just look for the hashtag TJams on our page and look for the Trivial Tuesday site. And this week, the question was, what is baby making music to you? Oh. Mm-hmm. What song makes you think immediately of Bumping Uglies? Which was part of our last week's topic, but that's what I'll use. Okay. And so our listeners... Um, and, and, and our readers came up with some really great answers. I'm going to tell you straight off. Um, let's get it on. And sexual healing, clearly the winners. Everyone else is a distant second. I was going to say, yeah, that, that's almost cliche. That's yeah, a, like, everything else is like a distant second. But, you know, everybody had kind of a personal song here and there. Um, there you know, some people, one person even had a Dave Matthews band song, which shocked me to some re- for some reason. <laughs> um, and... And then, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say who specifically, um, but you know who you are, Kevin. Um, said <laughs> that he preferred not music, but the background of documentaries at like the History Channel and things like that. Sounds like he took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> I'm just picturing the. They were advancing deeper into the territory. There was some friction and, resist- friction and resistance, but he knew he had the, his, the team knew they had to progress onward, deeper and further. The main <sighs> column firmed up, developed strength. It appeared they were going to retreat, but then they went back in again, and then they retreated, and then they went forward. <laughs> this is war. Yes. So, um, so our listeners came up with some, like I said, some very interesting things. There were a lot of people who said, you know, anything by Al Green or Al Jolson, um, there were any, anything by Luther, anything by Barry White. Uh, you know, so there was, there was that kind of mix. I was surprised I, we didn't see more representation of kind of more like the, the, uh, the original grinding songs of the nineties. Hey, what about the seventies? Led Zeppelin, whole lot of love. I want to be a backdoor. You know, we did, we did have a, we, we did have a Led Zeppelin come in, um, and a couple stone songs. Uh, you don't always get what you want and mm-hmm. sympathy for the devil. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just dealing with two younger co-hosts here on this show. That's the problem. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, you think so? Uh, well, I, I mean, think a lot of love. I know that song. Hey, I work in classic least, rock. Damn it! <laughs> I'm fairly certain, Mickey and Dave, that it, by by sheer demographics, um, I believe at one point in this country, forty percent of all Americans had been conceived of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> that's probably true, actually. I mean, you know, a good chunk of it was, it was the baby boomers, or really kind of the maybe a good portion of Generation X actually came out because of. Uh, Frank Sinatra. So you could argue that he's and the Elvis Presley of our country. at that time. Strangers in the night exchanging fluids. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that Frank Sinatra is arguably the father of our country and or several MSNBC hosts. No. Oh, God. I you are the <laughs> I believe his response was technically Frank Sinatra could be any of our fathers. That's yes. right. <laughs> that is correct. I, I I do, and that was possibly one of the best responses to a story like that that I have ever seen. Um, almost launching poor Ronan's little career, uh, Ronan Farrow. For those of you who are unfamiliar with him, and so Dave and and Jim, we're coming to the end of the show again. But do either of you, real quick, Jim, do you have a song that you would like to throw in? Um, I'm going to go with a safe choice. Uh, okay. Sophie B. Hawkins, um, who, uh, Wish I was your lover. Yeah. That, that's your song. That's a song. Okay. All (laughs) right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Elvis's groundbreaking first, uh, public service announcement about the rampant spread of venereal diseases. I got a hunk of hunk of burn and love. The fire's burning, the temperature's rising. Oh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire has to get honorable mention. Yes, there you go. <laughs> nice. So you guys both have really interesting um, choices. Dave, I'm not even going to discuss yours either. Um, what I will tell you, listeners, is I don't think that either of those are the answers that I would give. I, you know, I, I, I of course, I agree with our listeners on the top two. I think that is a given. Um, but me and Mrs. Jones is pretty hot. So I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with that, uh, that's a pretty hot song in my opinion. Um, but oh my God. And here we are again, pushing towards the end. Dave has given me the rap, rap, rap signal. 
and uh, and I, I'm going to do that for us. So I am Mickey White. He is Jim Garrity. Dave Perkins is our producer. We're the Jim and Mickey Show. You can find us here every single week on SoundCloud.com forward slash Jim and Mickey Show. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey Show or on Twitter with the at sign Jim and Mickey. Look forward to talking with you soon. We'll be back next week. Me and Mrs. Jones We got a thing That it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it grow now. We meet every day at the same cafe, 6:30, and no one knows she'll be there. Holding hands, making all kinds of plans, while the jukebox plays. Now she'll go her way.